we did it again. Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by Root Metrics for the 16th time in a row, proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one best network, Verizon. Best and most reliable based on Root Metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined, not specific to 5G networks. We did it again. Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by Root Metrics for the 16th time in a row, proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one best network, Verizon. Best and most reliable based on Root Metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined, not specific to 5G networks. Hi, this is Marlene with Miami Ghost Chronicles, and I want to welcome you to another episode of Stories of the Supernatural. Wherever you find us, whether it's a video on YouTube or on your favorite podcast platform, please like and subscribe to us so that you can get notification of when a new show is released. You can also find us on major social media platforms where I give you a heads up about upcoming shows and which date and time they will be aired. If you go to MiamiGhostChronicles.com, you can find links to the shows, MP3 files which you can download, or links to your favorite platform like iTunes, Spreaker, SoundCloud, and all other major sources. You can find information for upcoming and past talk show appearances as well as new book projects at MarlenePardo.com. You can also purchase books and merchandise there. And you can visit my author page on Amazon at Marlene Pardo Pelliser. Due to popular demand, I'm narrating my True Believer stories that have collected throughout the years in a new series called Supernatural Storytime. You can find links at SupernaturalStoryTime.com. If you are into classic horror, ghosts, and adventure stories, I narrate some of those at Nightshade Diary. And you can find links at NightshadeDiary.com. If you would like to read noteworthy news about the paranormal world, true crime, conspiracy stories, and anything that is just plain weird, you can visit the Stranger Than Fiction Stories tab at MiamiGhostChronicles.com. I do want to thank you all for being part of my audience, and I think you are all wonderful. Hi everybody, this is Marley with Miami Ghost Chronicles. How's everybody doing today? Well, today with Stories of the Supernatural, guess what? I have brought back somebody that a lot of you have asked about because like all very interesting stories and guests this this is this is something this is a story or this is something that's been happening to this guest that has evolved okay it, in other words it started out with one thing and it just evolved into something else and the person I'm speaking about is Anita Joe Intenzo now she uh She's always been intrigued by the spirit world, which a lot of people are. And but you know, and her her profession was to restore antique dolls, photos, art. Uh, and she, you know, she. In other words, she was a regular. She is a regular person. That was. She still is a regular person. However, in two thousand nine, uh, she became executrix of her deceased friend's estate. And by the way, this was a good friend of hers who passed away unexpectedly, and she herself was surprised that she was the person that was that he had named to take care of his uh basically of everything that was going on after his death of his estate so 
This is where she says she collided head on with a paranormal. Uh, suddenly things that she'd only seen or heard about on TV or in the movies or read the books became real. Uh, and as you know, uh, I've talked a lot about when that happens. Uh, you know, when people sometimes see stuff on TV and they're thinking, oh my God, that's so interesting. And then when they get a real personal taste of it, it's like not as interesting anymore. Or like, what, what was I thinking about? But anyway, she has written two books about her experiences. The first one was titled The State of Horror, and then the last book, which is a sequel, is titled Dark Transference. Uh, her website is anitajointenzo.com. But anyway, let's welcome Anita back. How are you doing today, Anita? Oh, very well, Marlene. Thanks for having me on your show. <laughs> on the contrary. It is my pleasure. And we, we spoke briefly. And um, Anita, if you could very quickly recap how, you know, what happened initially, like, in other words, when you were plunked with a two by four, with a paranormal two by four over your head, how, uh, you know, how that happened? Because like I said, you were like the rest of us, everybody, you know, doing your thing. And then what happened? Your friend unexpectedly died and you found out that you had to take care of his estate form. And then what happened? Uh, well, then the, uh, the ensuing weeks, uh, the lawyer tasked me with trying to find things that were stated in his will. So that meant going to the house almost every day trying to find paperwork, things that are of an important you know, nature so we can get the will started to get, you know, probate the will. But in the meantime, I was going through a hoarding situation that my friend left because he must have been ill. He didn't uh, let me in on uh, how right. he might have been feeling, but the house was in a disarray. It was piles of uh, papers and books and all kinds of things all over the place. Um, each room was filled to capacity, which I had not been at the house recently. He had used to come to my house for dinner or for lunch, but uh, it was like compounded. Not only you're trying to deal with the grief of the sudden loss of a dear friend of 30 years, but mm -hmm. also kind of unexpectedly seeing the, uh, the poor state of the house, plus trying to find, you know, paperwork and these important right. documents. So that, so that, was our initial reaction was like, wow, where do we even start? And not ever dreaming that as we proceeded in those days to come, because it started in January 2009, and we were starting to see little hints of something quite not right with the house, but we didn't chalk it up to anything paranormal. Uh, the one thing that had really started, which we saw really escalate, was when we had to have the basement waterproof. We had a problem with the uh, flooding in the basement. There was black mold and I spoke oh. with the lawyer. He, he uh, got a contractor to come in that they had to dig a sump pump because there was no other outlet for this water that was accumulating. And I said to him, I can't be down here with my son and we have some friends helping. This is really dangerous. So when we were getting the sump pump, scheduled to put in we had to move a lot of things out of the basement which that became the center of, of the paranormal activity um when, when it was really revving up but we were moving all this stuff and i'm and i'm telling your viewers and your listeners we're talking about piles of tupperware bins and things of artifacts my friend was an anthropologist mm -hmm. he never threw anything out I was finding things from his college days his mother wow. passed away before him not eight years before wardrobes filled with clothes to the capacity. It was 15 wardrobes filled with clothes. It was something out of 
like even if you tried to make this up to put this in a movie, you'd have to expand it by 10 times the amount to even make it right. similar to what we were facing. But as soon as we started moving things from the one side wall, uh, my son he said to me, you know, he says, I'm hearing things drop. He said, is that me because I'm moving and things are in piles? And I told him, yeah. yeah. I said, you know, just let's just we're in a time crunch here. They're going to start tomorrow with the uh, breaking down in the uh, the floor floor it's concrete it's going to be a mess i said they're going to put plastic sheets but we need to move everything to the other side well as we're moving he then said to me he said wait a minute i just saw something whiz by my face and smash against the wall and that turned out to be a cassette tape then i walked over to him i said oh, what happened he goes this thing just fell right by this went right by my face and was thrown and no sooner he says that to me we look and hear noise of this metal can on a shelf and the can actually was dancing it was like making a little wow. jimmy sh shimmy and it, it did it till it went to the end of the shelf and then it just was thrown off the shelf and we just looked at each other it's like, like all right is there an earthquake going on and nobody yeah, knows what, what <laughs> then the next thing is i see a book comes off the shelf at the bottom of my feet and i'm looking at it i go uh, it's a book on the Van Trapp family singers. My friend was very good friends with Maria Von Trapp. And uh -huh. I said, this has got to be my friend doing this. Why would there be this book of yeah. all the books on the Von Trapp family? And it that next few hours, anything and everything you can imagine, things being flipped around, uh, things just being thrown, uh, whizzing by your head, and you're trying to move everything because right. that's what your main goal is. I got to get things ready for contractors and not worry about what's hitting me or what's Right, right, because on. at this point, you're probably thinking, okay, this is, it, it's, it's almost like, yeah, because you were facing a bigger thing going on at that moment. Yeah, it was, the, I mean, like, it was almost like, this is an annoyance. I don't need this right yeah, now like, because yeah. I have other things to do. You know, but, and the truth is that in, in, in the scope of, it's not malevolent. I mean, it's kind of like weird, like, okay. But yeah. it wasn't, I imagine at that point, it wasn't like, okay, it wasn't dangerous. It was like, okay. And like you said, you assumed that this is my friend. Yeah, yeah, but like we weren't, we weren't fearful. We were so intrigued. You know, I started writing down things because that was the first. Because it was, we were there at least a few months before. We did have one other incident, which was in my friend's bedroom. He had his room was like a museum filled with statues from right. any culture you can imagine. And I was packing them up, and my son said to me, "You know, he must be." he would be really sad to see all these things packed up because they were his beloved treasures that, you know, when he woke up in the morning, he saw all his things on shelves and, and all these really fantastic, you know, uh, Egyptian, Greek, Roman statues, things he had traveled, but I packed them away. And as we, my, my, my we were getting this, a little, this little figurine was coming out of one of the drawers because I was actually getting the furniture ready for his brother to pick up since it was the family furniture. So I was cleaning out the, the cabinets and the drawers and there was this really lovely figurine. And then we figured out there was a second part to it, that it was a two part music box of Gone with the Wind. It was a Scarlett O'Hara coming down steps. And okay. then there was a base that you put it together and it was going to be a music box. But the thing was, we took the thing and I'll put it on um, top of the bureau and it started playing the music from Sound of Music. But this thing was not turned on. It was okay. just starting to play the music. Right. And 
we saw a gold flash go by us in the room, and my son I'm at, says, I'm out of here. I said, okay, <laughs> let's, just, let's just get yeah, out of yeah, here right, for now. Yeah. You know, let's just, and no sooner we went into another room and we were gathering up some trash, we heard this huge crash in my friend's room, and my son said to me, that he says, oh, no, don't tell me, like, a, a whole bookshelf came down. Right. Well, we go back into the room, and in the center of the room, there were Tupperware bins that had been towards the back wall, which these were thrown as if someone got in back of the wall and threw them forward, and the Tupperware bins were spilling out all their contents, these Native American items and things were all in the center of the room and i just looked around and i said i said paul if that's you i'm sorry i said i don't know if you know but you're dead i said and (laughs) i love it (laughs) (laughs) it was like if somebody give me a padded cell over here uh... and and i i said to him i'm sorry but we've got to clear out the place because you've got it in the will that you're selling the house and it's going to charity and after that things quieted down but we just quickly put the things back in the bins and we left for that day because it shook us up so much because he waited for us to leave and we didn't get hurt but all the things that were cleared out in the middle of the room have been all thrown again with all these these as i said these tupperware bins were thrown with such force that the lips lips popped off and the stuff came tumbling out something though on a metaphysical level though that takes a lot of energy yes yes yeah, yes, and I mean, we had where there were solid uh, Formica types of chairs that you see from the 1950s and 60s. They had a, 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 a kitchen set. One of these really heavy chairs was turned over when I, my son walked by. And they're, I mean, just to flip it over like it was uh, like made of cardboard. I mean, you know, there, there was like no problem for things to be. We saw a shovel lifted up and thrown into a bucket. It was like they yeah. threw a ladder. They had a ladder. It was a short ladder, but the ladder got thrown across the room in the that. in the that basement. Does. It's like, you know, these the, the energy to that yeah. was just such of um, you know, of a nature where someone's really upset, you know, yes. that we're here yes. we're moving things. So, so then get back to after we had the sump pump put in, you know, we were then really starting to make headway clearing out things in the basement, but that's when things really escalated and then we started seeing things going upstairs where the basement had been confined to a lot of activity but then things like i'd be in the bedroom and had the sweeper and i'd leave and the sweeper would be thrown over or my my friend there was a portrait of my friend and it was against the wall and then it was just like plopped and thrown on top of the bed and i mean we 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 saw this and then we had friends who were skeptical they come just to help us sure sheer body weight just to get the bags and bags we had 700 bags that went to goodwill and to oh my god when you said he had a lot of stuff you weren't kidding were you 700 and that was the stuff that we gave that was not in such great condition right also had bags there was clothing of like slips and uh nightgowns and things and i my son got angry at me he says why are you lugging all that stuff home because just in her closet one day the, the mother's closet stuff oh, was okay. so packed in there it was it was suspended without hangers that's how deep so this was closet. because this and that's right this is the things from his mom that belonged to his mother whatever he yes, passed yes. away right so so i had wow. all the mother stuff and i was going home and washing all these things because I said, I'm giving away to like the church groups because yeah. Yeah, people, sure. this, is, this is brand new clothing, but it smells of the musty basement. Sure. 
So I said, I'm not putting this in a landfill. So 700 bags of other clothing went to all different. There's a homeless shelter. We, we sent yeah, stuff. Yeah. So, so I wanted to make sure that this was not in vain, that all the stuff that had right. never even been worn, that somebody would make use out of it. But that's so in other my... words, his mom sounds like she had been hoarding stuff, and then he took yeah. over her stuff and he added it to his pile. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So it was no a... wonder. You, I can imagine it. You must have done a double take the first time you went there. I mean, besides uh, the fact that he had passed away, obviously, and it was a mm -hmm. friend. But like you said, he had always managed to come to you. Yeah. So you walked in there, and you must have been like, huh? Yeah. Oh, I'd open up the the, uh, the bedrooms, and they're filled with stuff, piles on the bed, piles everywhere. And my son said, uh, how long do we have to get through this stuff? <laughs> yeah, like, and I, I said, well, I said, I'll tell you one thing. We're going to get this done as soon as possible because I am not spending Halloween over here if this yeah, is what's yeah, going on. Yeah. We did we we did get the place sold before the end of October. That was right. like our, and our I mean, vehicle. it sounds like a really nice guy because from what you're saying, he was, what, donating the proceeds of the house to charity, right? Yes. Yeah, it went to a wildlife preserve out, oh. out west because he had worked as an assistant professor out in Utah, mm -hmm. and he got to know a wildlife preserve out there okay. that they deal with, you know, uh, you know, wild horses, animals yes. that have been injured. Yeah, the so mustangs money, and stuff like that so, out there, yeah. Yeah, so, so money from the house sale went to that. And also he left other money to other charities. As I said, okay. he was an anthropologist. And he was very, um, I would say, very, uh, like, uh, how would you call it, uh, giving for any religion. Everybody right. got something. Yeah. So, I yeah. mean, you know, so he, he, he stipulated that. But in the meantime, you're trying to, contact with these organizations and making sure that it's going to the right people and thankfully the lawyer he we had things that had to go overseas and he incorporated somebody who could speak fluent german and we okay. had things that had to go to germany i had to pack up stuff you something <laughs> this is this was quite extensive this was not like oh i'm going to go in there and clean up your house and put it on the market this, nah, this was 10 months 10 months of 40 hour weeks that we wow. talk about thousands of hours to be in there and you know, and I tell people when we see things on the uh, the net paranormal networks, mm -hmm. I said I I have to look at these things where people say, well, we're investigating a weekend or we're spending uh, a, a couple of different days a month. And I said, yeah, but have you ever been in a haunted house for oh, yeah. like ten months straight? That you, yes, that's not your house. Exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> that you know when stuff happens and you go through the uh, you know trying to like ah oh, that was like the breeze or maybe I you know I push something. You already went through all those uh <laughs> kind of like trying to talk yourself out of it being paranormal. You run out of excuses, in other words, well, because well, you when, spend when there it so repeatedly times, so happens, Marlene. You know, like you could show. Well, the first things that happened, we figured. Well, we have to go back in there, and yeah. we have to start. And things would happen. We wouldn't be in the house for five minutes, and there'd be things thrown. My son, uh, one day I remember was in August. Uh, it was one of the times he got thrown to the ground. He said something was around his ankles. Well, my friend had a cat who had died. And when we were cleaning out things, we found his cat's ashes in the box that he never buried. So his beloved cat was still in one of the closets. So we, you know, he had been cremated. So right. we, we buried the box, but we had a spirit of a cat that we felt because my son said, it feels like a cat is going around my ankles that like almost okay. tripped over from. And right. you would hear scratching in the walls and smell of wet cat at different times when we go in the house. That's so weird. it'd be creepy. So we, but my son, he 
was investigating. So we had a very active day. I was in the kitchen. Things were getting thrown in the kitchen. He investigated out into the um, living room, and he had heard a noise. It was actually, we looked back at probably was to distract him. He was heading down a hallway. It was all one-level house. It was um, a rancher, and it right. had um, a, a long uh, basement. It, it followed the whole length of the house, but mm-hmm. he was going down the hallway, and next thing I know, he was tripped, and he was thrown to the ground, Christopher, and that, that's they, they highlighted that episode, in the episode on the Haunting TV show, uh, Portal right. of Doom, shows him uh, falling to the ground. And I'll tell you, it knocked the wind out of him for about five minutes. He, we th- I thought he broke his arm. His glasses came off. And he just said to me, he said, you know, there's something really negative and evil here. Right. It's not your friend. He said he would never do that to me because my friend adored my son, and he was such good friends with me. So, And then I had been attacked only two months before that, coming out, he had a small garden house, made a cinder block about, I guess it was an eight by 12 little place. That was also filled to capacity. So was a two car garage was filled to capacity. But uh, I'm coming out of the gatehouse of the little garden house and nobody was behind me. My son and a friend of ours was ahead of me and they were cleaning up the yard and something pushed me from the small of my back. And I went tumbled over boxes that were out there um, already to be, uh, you know, be packed away. And yeah. my son, couldn't, he couldn't catch me fast enough. He said, what just happened? I said, right. somebody just pushed me. I said, and I had bruises on my leg because I had shorts on. So I had some bruises for like a couple of weeks there. So that then we realized something was right. really was not true. your not friend, being, not my friend, because other things were kind of funny the way things would happen. And we laugh over it. But then it got more sinister. You know, you yes. could see it turning as more things were leaving the house it's like no no you we don't want the house to be empty and you know they would do things to delay us like distract us how by, long had he lived there anita how long had your friend lived in that house a he long had time there um let's see almost 30 years he had lived there he did lived he ever there. tell you anything you know during those years of him having his own experiences he never said anything <laughs> to you now he he only told me one time when his, his he was very close to his mom she died in mm-hmm. 2001 he said he called me and he was um he was he had really he really took it hard because he did take care of her her last months that she suffered greatly um okay. and then he finally she went into the hospital and passed away but he said um he felt his mother's presence around okay. him he was playing some of her favorite music and he said, I think, you know, he says, I, I actually almost said, and he says, Mom, is that, is that you? And I said to him, he said, I said, you know, Paul, you were such a good son. I said, if she is there, it's because she's thanking you. And I'm sure she's doing it with love. So it wasn't anything yeah. he felt. Right. No, no, right. no. That I'm not. No, you know, that makes sense, you know, like mm-hmm. that about his mom. I was thinking along the lines that, you know, during that time since you were his friend that he might have said, hey, you know what? Uh, I started hearing kind of like what you experienced. But, you know, like everything, yeah. you know, sometimes people like, uh, they, you know, they're like they they put up with it because maybe they travel or they don't spend that much time there and years go by. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that, 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 he, he did travel a lot. He was involved in some organizations in Philadelphia that he, he basically went back to his house to maybe sleep at night. Um, right. He also worked different like consulting jobs. He did um, a lot of writing. 
he had he was a teacher um, as an anthropologist he was go, he had gone on some ex expeditions especially to South America okay. um, and, and Peru um, and the Yucatan Peninsula because he was a Mayan Indian expert so a lot of the things like you know I have Mayan Indian stuff in, in boxes I have Native right. American which was one of his key areas of study that he loved that um, but, right, and, I, and you know, believe it or not, I was going with that because I remember the first time we talked and I was thinking, I wonder mm -hmm. if any of these artifacts that he brought back thinking, man, this is a beautiful piece, had mm -hmm. something, you know, like something hitchhiked on it, you know. Uh, and, well, you're on the right track, Marlene, because we do have, uh, we had um, one of the investigators that I wrote about in the first book and they have still kept in touch with us um, all this time. I only have this one investigative group they're the same ones that have been in touch with us and also they know Bill Bean. But um, mm -hmm. they've done some meter readings, you know, the high magnetic fields. And there are Indian artifacts. Um, I have a Peruvian doll. They call it a Peruvian mummy doll. And the doll is, is a cloth doll, but she's made of cloth that came from mummy wrappings from Jesus, that, five, that five, got to... yeah, 500 years ago. So, so I've got this really old... <laughs> no, but that's, I mean, if you could think, if like, to me, it's like, I'm going to make a haunted artifact. Hmm. <laughs> what should I use? Mummy wrappings. I mean, Mummy that's like hands down. <laughs> I know, it's like, because we got high energy readings near that, yeah, this doll. Um, we also have some other like pieces of pottery. But one of the main things is uh, we, we're still in a quandary. We have... Um, things that we're dealing with that are connected with uh, World War II, with Nazi Germany, yes. um, which, you know, when you said at the beginning, yes. it's a path that we started, but our path has diverted into, it's like the branches of a tree, that it's not a linear fashion. We have things that have been offshoots of this original paranormal journey that we entered into, and now we have things that I've done research on, things that I didn't know I would have to be understanding Peruvian artifacts or things with attachments or understanding um, Hitler and Germany, right. Nazi philosophy, because that's a lot in my second book, which I delve into because um, it, there's a lot of things that seem to be connected. Right. They don't at first look like that they belong to each other, but then mm -hmm. the more that we are delving into my story and if people read both books, they'll see how things are coming in a circle like we we're in the center of it and all these other things are almost like satellites around us and we're always trying to make the connection of what has that got to do with like this particular thing that just happened or why are we getting like threats from uh like i was on uh, another uh skype interview mm -hmm. two years ago and we were getting voices while i was doing the interview and the person's producer let it be known that they were picking up EVPs while I was talking. And people in the chat room also said, do you hear that? They sound like they have accents and they were speaking German. They were act we actually got a wow. transcript of what people were hearing. And they were saying, well, the thing is threatening Anita as she's talking because they don't want their this to be revealed. Um, they're making fun of her because she's talking about the Peruvian doll. Um, and then we also have, my son did automatic writing, and that's the only term that we can think of. Mm -hmm. He was typing up a chapter for me in my second book, okay. and I said to him, you know, you're on your laptop. Let me just put out some of the key 
uh, points I want to get in this next chapter. So just type out because I'm reading from my notes because I kept notes all along the from the first house. And then as I'm writing my first book, we're getting all kinds of haunted stuff going in in my house then the second time around. So then I'm writing about I'm, I'm jotting down things while I'm writing, finishing up the first book and keeping a notepad about all the stuff that's going on while I'm writing the first book that went into the second book. And at some point, my son was typing up this chapter and he said, what I'll do is I'll send over the Word document. Then you could start, you know, editing mom and add. So I said, just get me an outline. And, you know, while you're here, because it's fresh in my mind and you remembered some of the things. Well, I did not know what I was looking at. I started reading what he sent me. And in between the regular notes were things interjected of like, um, oh, something happened on the uh, in the living room and they had dead room instead was substituted or you're sitting on the love seat and it said hate seat. Then they started putting in between German words and also my friend's name and my friend's father's name popped up in between the paragraphs that and my son was typing fast when I'm giving him the notes like there was no chance for him to start right. thinking, how can I put this in? And then at right. the end. There was this gobbledygook, almost like an anagram, and actually we took out, I have German dictionary, uh -huh. and I'm looking through, and it said, how fun, die, and then, in other words, it said, be afraid in German, be afraid, was repeated and repeated, all on this chapter that was just supposed to be some highlights for me to start working on this particular chapter for the second book. And that is in the second book. We we put that in to tell people, this is how this happened. We still have the original raw file um, on my son's computer. I have a copy of it. But like we started reading, it was almost like some of it was hilarious because we're understanding the sequence of events because we're talking about being at the house. But then these other things being interjected was like, this is really scary. Like, who who said this? Who did right. this on top of your hands and had you type this up? And and to this day, my son said, I have no idea. You know, I typed this up and I have I don't even know where that came from. And that's that's the kind of strange things that get interjected in our everyday life. That you know, something will just be a reference. And I said, there we go with the Nazi thing again that's coming up. Or you know, there's something strange that just seems to be like. Dealing with that deals with, you know, UFO stuff, too. We have really? some of that. Yeah, there's a lot. <laughs> because let me tell you, and this is the thing. This happened in 2009. And, you know, we, we you know, we talked about what we, before we recorded. You, mm -hmm. Like you said, you sold the house. And in the span of 10 years, it's gone through, like, four different, like, uh, sales or rentals, right? Which yes. We yeah. guesstimated it's an average about every two and a half years, mm -hmm. which is, eh? There's something there weird because yeah, when yeah. you start yeah. So, but then you're telling what the second book is that you, when, once you thought you were done, in other mm -hmm. words, that you had sold, you know, you know, gotten rid of anything, done what he wanted, and the house was sold. Then things started happening in your house, right? Yeah, almost uh, two months after we closed the the house, that was the end of October, uh, and then we had something started on uh, Christmas. We did it again. Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by Rootmetrics for the 16th time in a row. 
proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one best network, Verizon. Best and most reliable based on root metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined, not specific to 5G networks. We did it again. Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by root metrics for the 16th time in a row, proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one best network, Verizon. Best and most reliable based on root metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined, not specific to 5G networks. Christmas Eve 2009, uh, okay. uh, we, we were having breakfast and we heard something smack against the front door in our hallway. And it was it's strange because my son looked at me, he said, you know what, I don't want to believe what I, but we knew the sound when something's being hit. We, we knew what that sounded like. Right. And we went to the door and there was a mat knife that had belonged on, in my kitchen was at the front door. And I go, okay, somebody just took the mat knife and threw it against the door. Then right. we walk away and we're trying to have breakfast and then something else hits the door and it turns out to be a tortoise shell comb that I don't own and I don't think his mother ever owned, but I have no idea where this came from. And it was a woman's tortoise shell comb smacked up against the front door. And my son said, you know, really, it's really going to happen here now. I said, no, nah, don't even say that. Like, I don't even, don't even breathe and say that out loud. But right. then um, we were going about our business. We were trying to get some things together because it was Christmas Eve. We were going to have uh, the fish dinner at my mom and dad's house. A friend of ours was being invited. So we were more concerned about getting the gifts ready to go yeah, over. Yeah, exactly. You know? Exactly. So, so then um, we hear this real heavy clang, like metal, uh, but like you have when something metallic hits a hard surface. And it's upstairs in the upstairs bathroom. So we go running up and we see this um, this. Oh, that's right. There was, we see, was it, oh, the first coin. Oh, it was a, a gold, oh, because my son said, oh, he's funny. He saw the tortoise shell. He goes, you know what? All they do is throw junk. Why don't they throw something good like gold blooms or. Yeah, know, right. Yeah, like, hey, man. Holder guys, like, why don't you guys send us some real money or, like, why don't you just yeah. throw junk around? So we hear this loud clang. And we go up to the bath and we see this thing gold on the floor. And my son said, don't tell me. He said, I don't even want to believe this. And I said, well, I don't know what it is, but it's gold. And we picked it up and it's an old car wash token. Uh, a metal medallion was, was like gold painted. But the thing is, the medallion came from my friend's former residence area where he used to live before he lived in in this township over from me, it was his previous home. They had lived until 1979 when they moved to the, the to the house that we um, investigated and, and cleared out. And but it didn't even have an area code on it. That's how old. Right, so right, said, right. Yeah, because this well, was... how old is this thing? I go, I go. Yeah, and my son said, yeah, it's a piece of junk. He said, look at this. It, you know, he said that can't even be like a good coin that you. He's like oh, taunting them. Or maybe yeah, and, I was gonna say, or maybe it was making fun of him, like here. Yeah, like, so then we get out of the bathroom and we go back downstairs and we hear another clang against the ceramic wall. And he says, uh, he says what is this? He said, what is, is this going to continue all afternoon? We go up and there this time it's a Morgan silver dollar that was thrown oh. against. So, so in other words, you thought I was throwing you junk. Well, here you go. Here's some money for you. And it was 
1917 Morgan Silver Dollars. That's incredible, Anita. I mean, and, 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 and you know what? And, and I, I, I mean, you, this shows intelligence. You know how sometimes you have these mm -hmm. hauntings where the entities, even if they're not residual, they're kind of oblivious to yes, the humans. Yes. This mm -hmm. obviously was interacting oh, with definitely. you guys. Oh, it, it's, it was intelligent at my friend's home because I knew exactly, like, where there was, I mean, there was so many different things, but there was an incident where uh, that my, my son and his friend, we were, after, like, we initially had this thing happen in the basement, and this was in May of 2009, his friend came over, we went into the basement because we were looking for something, and I told it, and I said, I know, I think I saw one of those containers down there. I said, if you want a plastic container, there's plenty down there. They were down there, and we heard a huge smack against a metal cabinet. And because uh, because I because his friend said he said is it like that ghost hunter show where you know you make contact maybe you should ask them who they are and, that, and that's why I said I said well whoever you are could you give us a sign so we get this smack against the metal cabinet in the in his basement okay. and I pick it up and it's a uh, a slide a picture slide and the thing that told me it had been my friend because I look at the slide and it's a fellow dressed in colonial outfit near a printing press and the the thing said Williamsburg Virginia well number one my friend had connections with Williamsburg Virginia because of his anthropology number okay. two he used to dress like Benjamin Franklin apprentice down in Philadelphia at okay. Benjamin Franklin's printing shop in the 1970s so like that would be an outfit right. that he would wear and that's what the slide was of a man at a printing press with the colonial outfit so I said you know what? That's got to be my friend. Of all the slides, there's hundreds of slides here. Why would it be this one? So then right. the police, they just said, well, if it is, we're not staying down in the basement. And they, they did. They went upstairs. They were up, and they're at the top of the steps. I'm down below. And I said, what? You're, you're really scared? And all it is is like, you know, he's not going to hurt us. And they said, now we're fine up here, Mom. And I said, well, <laughs> yeah, I, I said, right. we're, we're okay up here. Yeah. And I said, well, let me ask again. I said, I said, Paul, if it's you. Just give me a sign. And within 10 seconds, something smacks right down near my foot on the concrete floor. And it's a, a medallion that you would get in the mail if you're doing a donation, like, say, a Catholic right. organization. Yeah, where you those. put the medallion on your, um, what do you call it? Your, not your glove compartment, but your uh, your visor. That it's right, like yeah, a, I know that they're like, like a little clip thing. Yeah, I've seen those. Yeah, that, it's got like the, the thing in the back that you mm -hmm. slide it on your, your yeah. visor. But when I picked it up, it was hot to the touch. I, I said, what? oh, my gosh. I said, this thing. So the guys, I said, well, I said, oh, look. See, he answered me. Well, they just ran out the door. They go, okay. <laughs> but, you know, I didn't feel at all any fear. And, right. and people said to me, I would have been out of there. I'd never go back. I said, but I never felt really threatened. I thought this was an unbelievable thing that was happening to me right. and, and the people around me. But at the same time, we were so cautious because – we didn't want people coming in, making this into an entertainment venue. We right. had to be very, very cautious, like we told the lawyer. We we eventually went over to the lawyer's office and met with his assistant and told her the weird stuff that was going on. And they right. they did not scoff at it. They go, you know what? You know, you guys aren't the type to make up this stuff. There must be something really going on. Yeah. And I said, well, that's why, you know, we're doing this. We only ask a couple trusted people to help us take out all the trash. And believe me, I said, we've had neighbors 
trying to be curious to come in because they knew my friend passed away suddenly. They knew he always kept to himself. And I've just had to dismiss him saying, no, you can't come in here. I'm the executor. You're not allowed to come in the right. house. And I, and I said, I'm never going to see these people again. I don't care if I make bad right. relationships. Yeah, they were busy bodies. Very... They wanted to satisfy their curiosity. Yeah, yeah. And they wanted to see. And I was very protective of my friend's privacy. Sure. So that was all part of like the privacy you're trying to keep, but you're dealing with this really horrific situation at times and you know unknowing you don't know next day what's even going to happen so the stress level plus i was taking care of two sick parents in and out of the hospital so i'm trying to take care of my friend's estate my own home and my parents house which wow. was three blocks away where i lived so that just added i think enormous pressure and stress that i might have been more open than any time in my life to what sure. paranormal things might be happening around to me. So, yes. so, you know, I must've been, you know, this magnet, but also my son tended to be a magnet that he was having things happen to him, like feeling cobwebs. He'd go down the basement and the basement was so toxic, by the way. I mean, because we wore gloves, masks and things, not mm -hmm. a living thing was down in that basement, not a mouse, not even an ant, but he would feel cobwebs all yeah. on him and there was no cobwebs. So I told him that must be like ectoplasma. Something is enveloping you. And he would say, those darn cobwebs, they're all over me. And I said, Chris, there's nothing there. There's no cobwebs. So, and then he would be approaching the house. We'd go in my dad's station wagon because it had good storage. But as we approached the house, um, my son would start getting sick to his stomach and oh. it would be within a block. And then we'd be there at times he would be working and then he just all of a sudden would rush out of the house and go into near the lawn and he had to start vomiting. He was just so sick to his stomach. He, 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 he was just getting like attacks in his stomach that was so sensitive. And so we tried to limit, like we would be there maybe five, six hours a day, sometimes less because if things happened, right. we just say, we can't take this anymore. Um, or there would just be things where you're just so bone tired by the constant distraction where yeah. Um, yeah. I'd be packing up something and I'd say to Chris, Let, let's put it in the box. The next thing I know, the thing's out again. And I get mad at him. I say, like, I told you to put that in the box. He said, I packed that up. Uh, that thing just came out again. He said, I didn't do that. He I said, mean, it's gotta be exhausting to be doing this work, but at the same time be like vigilant. Yes. Like, in other yes. words, trying to uh, grow eyes in the back of your head. Yeah, hyper-vigilant. Oh yes, you know, absolutely. You, and, and, you know, and that takes uh, stress. Also, the air conditioning wasn't working well in the house. It was a hot oh. summer. We would be, like, hot, dirty. Then I come home, and I get a, a friend, a call from my dad that my mother fell in the backyard, split her head open. And so I would have to, you know, Chris, stay with your grandfather because he had Parkinson's. Make sure he gets his medication. I have to go quick, get cleaned up, and spend the next four or five hours in the emergency room with my mother to wow. see what happened with her. And that happened all you know the luckily the beginning when my when we were doing the estate she was not in bad shape but she had had a heart attack in 2008 and she was 31 times in and out of the hospital the last six wow. years of her life and that was a lot on me yes, mostly on yes, me yes. Uh, and my son and then my dad passed away in 2011 and then she passed away in 2013 and in the meantime I'm writing my books and and actually the book writing kept me same like yes. it, it sounds weird but yes, having no. the focus and getting that book done because my family said to me 
when we told them what happened, but we had just settled the estate, they said, if you don't write a book, Anita, you're going to regret this because what you're telling us, I mean, yes. and this is just off the top of your head. I said, oh, yeah, I've got a, I've got a whole diary full of stuff that, you know, to happen. I said, we have recordings. We have pictures. I said, this, this stuff happened. I said, we have people that are witnesses that once they came in, they would not be skeptical anymore. Um, right. Chris is one, is one good friend was the first who saw the, the apparition. He had, we had just come into the house. We would go through the small little side porch and the door would lead us right into the galley kitchen. And then there was a door that went straight down into the basement. So okay. one day we're coming in and we have cleaning supplies and his friend Danny um, was standing at the front. He's standing right at the top of the steps. And I'm just going into the other room, putting things down. And I said, Danny, I said, are you okay? And he didn't answer me. He turned white as a sheet. And he was like, almost like in a stupor. So finally, Chris, he said, he said, dude, he said, you know, he grabbed his horn. Are you okay? And he just, he, he started like, he couldn't get the words out. He goes, I, I just saw a guy walking around down below the steps. And I said, well, can you tell me what he looked like? Dark hair, tall, white shirt, khaki pants. And I said, oh my gosh, I said, that's my friend. That's almost like his uniform he used to wear, you know, when he was, uh, you know, in, in the uh, Philadelphia, like in the bicentennial thing. And he had never met, he never even saw a picture right. of my friend. It was just like that sound, like my friend. And he, to this day said, you know, he's the only one, we saw shadow people and we saw other manifestations but he's the only one who saw a full apparition at the bottom of, of the steps and you know what it's really difficult to fake what you just described you know when somebody's really totally wigged out mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like you said that you can tell by look that that you know people can sometimes pretend but there's something about a person that's really scared that you could tell oh. it's genuine oh and to this day Danny could recall it, it precisely because because um, it's funny because when I got my literary agent um, in 2011, uh, she she's been a, a fantastic person. We've become really good friends, uh, and she's also helped me publish the second book. But she um, she she was a, a former district attorney, and at the time when she got my uh, query and got the manuscript and was reading this and wanted to put me under contract, she said, "You know, you have no idea that when we would talk." I was actually testing you and, and asking you questions. And she says, I'm gonna tell you right now, you are the real deal. I have never been able to trip you up. When you when, right. it, when I ask you something, you say the exact same framework is that you're recalling it perfectly. And right. she said, I know that this is, this is true because that's why she wanted to really work with me to get move this whole story forward and you know and and also with bill bean the first time we met bill bean he was a complete stranger to us he was coming up as a favor because we had been getting these demonic looking people say oh don't call it demonic i said well i didn't call it at first i just said fingerprints and handprints that didn't look human they looked skeletal okay. that were on my mirrors and on my coffee table my glass coffee table and when i put the pictures out on facebook um, a, a dear lady who is a fan of my book said to me, I know someone that doesn't live far from you on the East Coast that you need to get in touch with them. She said, that looks demonic. And mm -hmm. I said, well, I don't even know that, like, I want to use that word. But Bill came up. Uh, he called me. She sent him an email. He called me the next day and said, I'm coming up. And the minute we met with him, it was like he was family. And he calls us family. He said, you're not just friends, Anita and Chris. He said, you're my family. Because he could understand exactly what we were going through. And we sat and talked. He did a blessing. He was here all day. And he, he said, you guys, know, you know what you're talking about. 
it's true. He says, I'm, I'm, I'm behind you 100%. He said, and to have that verification and validation, Marlene, is worth all the oh, weight. absolutely. Because, you know, we, my, we, I wasn't even getting that much, uh, like, like validity. Or- Any moment that lets you just sit back, relax, and enjoy even one second of the day to yourself and taste like pumpkins, that's a moment to look forward to. The McCafe Pumpkin Spice Latte is back. Get a $2 small hotter ice for a limited time. Or try one of our other freshly brewed espresso drinks. From iced caramel macchiatos to caramel frappes to hot mochas to every sweet treat in between. Only at McDonald's. Price and participation may vary. Positive reinforcement for me, my, my, my brother and his family. My parents believed me, but they really didn't know what to make of it. You know, they were right. ill. They, but they said, you know, we know you could never make up these stories. I said, well, I'd have to be a pretty good fiction writer, you know, to come up with yeah. these strange. I said, these are the weirdest, strange things. I said, you'll go into yes. the to, in the door and you'll see on the floor red straws that are thrown like pickup sticks, and they're a trail leading into the living room. Like, okay, who just did this? Who right. took out straws? And just right. It's like, like so. Just, like, like if somebody was, in other words, if somebody was going to try to do something like fake it you know scary that that you know that would be like the last thing they would do like or when we had the people coming to see the house i felt like i was in the middle of of a tv show because it was something that you would see on hilarious episode of i love lucy or Uh when when there was a haunting episode like that was i was expecting a laugh track behind me because the gentleman (laughs) came through the house they went into the basement saw how big went upstairs i'm following them and we're in single file because it wasn't a really large kitchen. So they're ahead of me going into the dining room and then into the living room. And as I'm, I'm the last one. And then back of me, I hear this smack. I go, Oh no, now what? And I look and there's plastic hangers that got thrown from the basement, <laughs> thrown up ah, the steps. See, and landed like, on the, I go, let me ask you something, Anita. And his, this is the, because some of these things that's really funny because you 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 know you describe some stuff that's kind of sinister, and then you have these other things that are so, you know, like innocent for lack of a better word. Like yeah, I just want so your attention. Well, we we went up a flight of steps from the basement, and my my my, my son's a former boss who is still a really good friend of ours. He was he came by with his van. He said, "Look, I'll." I grab some stuff you guys don't want, you know, put it in the van and I'll donate, we'll donate. So he's outside of the van and from the upstairs, you go upstairs from the basement through the door, which is that you go right through the kitchen and then you're right through the door to the little, um, the little, uh, what do you call porch and you're going right outside. So my son and I are going up the steps, something flies over our head and goes right out the door and it hits our friend Kent. And he, and I said, Kent, what was that? He goes, it's Jesus, Anita. He said, you oh. just have to fly over by Jesus. And it was a statue that you had a suction cup. You could stick it on your car, like, you know, for protection. So he said, you just had to fly by by Jesus. Really? It's like, that's hilarious. It's almost like a sense of humor from whoever that was. But I know, like, like he would, he, our friend, he said, he said, what in the world is, I said, yeah, well, that, that's them, you know, it's, it's a combination of silly stuff, and, and then, you know, then you're getting, like, hurt, and, and that, that's what it was, I mean, we, we had a laugh over a lot of things, because sure, yes. we felt that would ease the Dissipated, tension, and, yeah. oh, but, but the, the stories, that's why I said, people read the first book, and, and, you know, I said, it might sound like, 
there's some repeat things, but I said, I want people to get an idea how much poltergeist activity it was all the time. You know, things, you know, it's just always happening. Things being thrown. It's <laughs> Anita, let me ask you something. It sounds like the, it, when you were there and working on his house, the basement was the hot spot. Was that yes. what happened in your house? That the basement was the, the worst area that got, that you saw? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, okay. this, it's become, you know, you know, it's almost like history repeating itself because my okay. basement was not, did not have much in it. So I was bringing the artifacts. He left okay. me all his artifacts in the will, wow. which is like, we're talking about a couple hundred boxes of stuff. And it's like, I'm putting it in my basement because I don't, I have room. I'm not going to, I could afford, you know, putting it in storage, you know, and start paying right. for storage fees. Yeah. And not realizing once I did that, to get back to like happening on Christmas Eve, 2009, then it's all started again with my house with between getting um, the things being thrown like the, the silver dollar. But then after that, um, not after, about a week after that, week after Christmas, uh, we had a major crazy thing go on where we were at the, we had just gotten back from my parents and we came home and around nine o'clock, we lost all power in the house, and I was I was on the phone with a friend, and and I and it wasn't um, connected like with Comcast. It was a separate phone company, right. and I and I let out a gasp. Oh my God, what happened to the power? And she said, What's going on over there? I said, I have no idea. I said, But I hear something being thrown in the living room, oh. and my son. He had gone upstairs to go take a shower, and in the middle of the shower, you know, the lights go off, and he's yelling, <laughs> like, what's going on? And I said, and then um, something um, was, uh, oh, I'm at the, my door frame in my studio, and something in back of me from the bathroom that's off the studio gets thrown into my studio. And, and I said, I called up to my son. I said, I don't know what's going on, but um, that something is being thrown around. I said, I think we're... Uh, We've got some visitors or something. So my friend's staying on the phone with me. And I said, look, let me get off the phone. I said, he can't hear me. I'm trying to tell him, you know, and he and he wants to, he has the light from his phone that he's going to use to try to see where he is. But so I'm down here hearing stuff being thrown. He had a towel wrapped around real quick, runs down with the light on his phone. And I, and I said, Chris, Chris, did you hear? He said, what is going on down here? I said, there's something like, I said, I don't know, something got thrown in, in the, I think, kitchen. Something got thrown over here. So, you know, he's got this big towel around him. He's dripping wet. He says, let me go back upstairs, go get changed real quick. He said, don't move. Stay where you are. Yeah, no. I mean, tell you, I'm laughing because I'm thinking of all the worst places to be when the power goes out. It's kind of yeah, when you're the, taking the, a shower. Taking a shower, right? Yeah. So, so then I'm hearing there's knocks on the door. And he's like knocking. I said, "Oh God, who who could it be?" I'm thinking, could it be a neighbor saying, "You know, the lights are out." But I was afraid to open the door. And and I'm calling up to him. He goes, "Don't open the door! Don't open the door!" Yeah, no, I'm, said, yeah, he's wigged out. I don't blame. I him. I said, "Yeah, but it might be somebody that needs our help." So I have a chain latch. So I opened the door a little bit, and I didn't see anybody. So I took the chain off, and there's like nobody there. And, but in the meantime, something gets thrown from upstairs against the front door. And, and then he comes down dressed. He says, I told you not to open the door. I said, yeah, but you know me. I'm thinking maybe there's, it sounded like somebody needed our help. It was just like light tapping, like a child tapping on the door. So then the next three hours, we're in darkness. We got our candles. Uh, the heat wasn't on. It was January. So we're huddled under a, a Let me blanket. ask you, just out of curiosity, were, was it just your house? Or was yeah. it? Yes. 
Our your house was the only one that lost one, power. Yeah, because I called neighbors and they said their lights were on. We looked across the street. Everybody's lights were on. Wow. And that was just, it went from nine to 12 and exactly 12 o'clock, the lights came back on. But in that meantime, we roamed around the house and we came to the bottom of the steps that goes upstairs. And my son had the flashlight and he goes, looks up the steps and he actually, I never saw, he, he actually jumped back a foot because what he saw at the, at the top of the stairs was the stuffed animal, Winnie the Pooh, with his, his little face on his paws, looking down at the steps. It was, he had bought this for a cousin for their Oh kid. my God. And this thing was moving. That, was, that Winnie the Pooh would bag, end up in the yard this, somewhere. <laughs> it's like, Winnie the Pooh's supposed to be the cutest thing, but yeah. when you see this thing at the top of your steps, look exactly. at in, in the dark, you're, you're going to be screaming. <laughs> That's right. That would be the end of the cuteness of Winnie the Pooh. I'm telling you right now. It's like, go be cute out in the yard, but, but you're not staying inside the house with me. I'll tell you that much right now. Uh, it, it, it just was the strangest thing, but, but there's been, as I said, I mean, we've had things, you know, as I said, uh, there's a woman we feel that's a protector. She's here from the 1800s. Um, we've there's actually she's been seen at our front door by a friend what is, of ours. Uh, what does she look like? What is she? Um, high neck um, blouse with the Gibson girl hairstyle. Uh, and my son's seen her in one of his dreams that she is from like the 1880s or 90s. She was a caregiver that lived in, in on this property. See, our house we're built in property that dates all the way back to the 1700s with Welsh Quaker farmers that came okay. outside of Philadelphia to settle this area. And the, this actual property, there's, there was an 1800s farmhouse that we are in the foundation of the old of the farmhouse. Um, the, the, in the basement is a fireplace and has all the old bricks from the original fireplace. It's still in our basement. So we're actually in the foundation of the uh, and the 1800s farmhouse wasn't even here in 1922 because a neighbor showed me an old map and he said he said this was all ruins and then in 1947 the man who built this house he bought the land and he just put the house right into the foundation of you know he didn't have to dig a foundation because it was already there and built this cape cod house that we're in now so it's uh it has a long history and bill being when he was here, he said a lot of living, a lot of dying. Anita, he said, he says their yeah. connection with the Underground Railroad. And I go, yeah. I said the Underground Railroad tunnels all in the back of our property that go all the way up to the main road. That's only about seven houses from our house. There's the main highway, and one of the houses on the highway right up our street was an Underground Railroad station. It was an old inn, and they've turned it into apartments. But um, there's a lot of history well, in this I'm, area. I, I, I just sent you, you and, and I just sent it to you on Skype, Anita. Mm -hmm. It's, and, and this is the background that I chose that, as a matter of fact, the, 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 the audience that's actually seen the video, not the podcast, obviously, this is the background of the screen and, and they have got your picture and everything. And I want you to look at it because, Oh, how can I and see you that? know, I had no, I, we've never talked about this, about you that no, lady. Oh my gosh. That well, I should, how can I how can I see that? Can I see it, this? It, it should have come, you know. Um, you know how you sent me the, your your pictures. It should be part of the of our Skype conversation. Um, okay, say because um, I see what because I see what I sent you, and right, then let me see I it. don't see the background. Let me see. Hold on. 
I wonder how I could do that. Okay. All right. Uh, oh. Oh wow. Oh, I see it now. Oh, that's unbelievable. Look Anita, at that. that was. Let me tell you something. I chose that randomly. As for, well, when oh I say randomly, gosh. I mean not based on any that's conversation we've had about this lady that you just described that you said she yeah. had a high, she, you know, you know, that, yeah. that Edwardian turn of the century look. Mm -hmm. and, with yes. a high, uh -huh. and I just, that was it. And I when you're that's, describing that's it, incredible. I'm looking at the background that, that, yeah. you know, and I'm like, wait a minute, she's describing kind of the lady that mm -hmm. this made a picture that I had, I just put yes. it because I thought it was a real neat, like olden. That's yes, Let me tell well, you. Well, see, it, it's it's just so appropriate because I do photographic restoration and I work on photos are from the turn of the century, like 1900s, okay. and and you're getting so it's it, it's so strange. My, my whole line of work, I'm an artist, I was a teacher, got into photo restoration, antique dial restoration, and all these things have to. And I'm I'm a real history buff. That's why my friend, right. the anthropologist, he and I hit it off immediately when okay. we met. I had I was attending one of his lectures and. It, a nearby library and he was talking about native american and you know the, the the area where we live at one time you know what tribes had inhabited and i went up to him after and i told him how much i enjoyed it and how you know i was a real native american uh i, I paint native americans i've, I've been out west so many times right. and we just struck up a friendship because we realized you know we were, we were very close page. in age he, you know he told me what school he graduated from and i happen to have a friend who he graduated with we he didn't even know it was the same person you know and i said oh i know so and so you graduated with him and so his his whole thing he was always steeped in history i was steeped in history and that's my world too you know like i love anything like victorian edwardian um the mm -hmm. pictures and you know it's like i don't know if my whole life has been leading up to this fact that when this did happen to me and bill bean has said you don't seek it out they seek you out because right. you have something in you that they're attracted or they know you're going to be receptive and yes. i've always been an open-minded person um i've brought up in a traditional you know religious background but i've since now i don't i i call myself non-denominational i appreciate right. all religions and things right. and the idea is the history behind so many things and cultures you know and then to understand what I was getting into, like my friend, he steeps me in tons of culture by all the things he leaves me. And I'm still trying to figure out, you know, yes. all these different things. You know, I mean, I, I know some of the Native American things because I've studied that, but right. there's just so much, you know, that, um, that I have packed away that I have yet to even unseal. Really and, yeah, and, and, and even some of the things that we've opened, you know, we don't know like a Pandora's box, you know, what we've already unleashed because we know things have happened here now that um, when we had our friend uh, Laurie Hall McCabe, who's in the books, who was the uh, uh, the person who led the uh, paranormal group here, right. she, she just said, and she said, you already had something here. The first time she came to my house, okay. I said, well, what do, you, what do you mean? And she said, this place, there's already history here. And okay. when you brought these other things with you, that, you know, they, they're trespassers. So you're sort of docile, dormant spirits don't like that these other yeah. entities have come in and taking over and you know there's kind of a war going on for dominance and you're kind of stuck in the middle so this was all like new to me like okay well that but that, that. we did it again 
Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by Root Metrics for the 16th time in a row, proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one best network, Verizon. Best and most reliable based on Root Metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined, not specific to 5G networks. We did it again. Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by Root Metrics for the 16th time in a row, proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one best network. Verizon. Best and most reliable based on Root Metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined, not specific to 5G networks. That makes sense. And and now with having this, we call her Marjorie, who is the very kind woman. She leaves me, um, I, I guess you're familiar with the term a port, which yes. are things she leaves me that come from someplace else. They're yes. actually little crochet pieces that um, are made of a silk material or different okay. kinds of colored threads. And I've got over a dozen pieces. They're like, mm. they look like chain links, but it's uh -huh. when I see it, I know that's something she left. And I didn't know at the beginning what these were, but okay. she made it known by, and then again, talking about intelligence. Uh, my son was, he, he does miniature model painting. He's been painting for over 20 something years. And he had a little table set up with his paints. And one night he was going to do something with his paints and he saw these blue silky threads sitting on top of the paints. And he picked them up, he goes, mom, were you over here like sewing? And sometimes I'll sit near where his table was and I sew antique doll clothes. And I said, no, I said, I said, but I said, that's interesting. And I didn't throw away the threads. I put them on my coffee table. For some reason, I decided I didn't want to throw them out and went up to bed. The next morning I came down, saw something blue on my carpet. It's, ten, it's like a, it's like a rust, dark brown. Right. And the thing had been actually knitted. If the, the pieces were no longer straight pieces, they were woven into okay. a, like like almost crocheted piece. And wow. I'm looking at this and I said to my son, do you remember those blue threads? I said, look what, what they turned out to be. And he said, really? He said, he said, they are the blue threads. I said, yeah, but they've been made into something. Right. So that gave me the first clue is if you see something like this in the house, pay attention. And since then I'll find them on top of my bed in the bathroom they'll be stuck to my sweater i've my wow. son's pulled one off my sweater different colors they've been over my it was over my son's house they were they she travels and the crazy thing is marlene from california i've been on her show marlene balovich um i was going to be on her show last year she okay. contacts me she said your lady friend must know that you're going to be on my show because i just found this on my bedspread and she showed me the same loop pattern and I said, Marlene, wow. I, 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 Noreen, that's that's the same thing she's left me. And she said, that's incredible, Anita. She said, we were talking about this and that you're going to be on my show. And it's right. like she heard you. And she and this is she said, I wouldn't have even noticed if it was a dark thread on my white bedspread so I could see it right away. I said, well, that's what she does. She tries to put it where yes. you can see it because she doesn't want you to throw right. it out. Well, like I'll be going up my stairs it. and it'll be right on the staircase, you know, that that you could see it. Well, I, it's incredible, Marlene. I Let mean, me ask you something, I, I, though, I, I, Anita, and, and, and because you sent me, I, I've got those pictures, and I want to show those scratches. And when okay. we're talking about it, 
you know, because you know that a lot of these shows, people will say, I got scratched. Okay. Mm -hmm. And all it is, is like a little, like, kind of like it, like the skin's not even really broken. Mm -hmm. And I want to show these pictures and I want you to talk about what happened okay. because that's a scratch. Go ahead. What happened? Yeah. Well, uh, this, these were, um, this happened in January 3rd, 2017. Uh, this was uh, right before, I mean, this right after my son was attacked at our, his hobby store. He was there on uh, New Year's Eve and it was, uh, you know, he was getting ready to close. He was in the basement and his friend was with him and his friend Danny and they saw a folded chair actually levitated from where the, it was against the wall and smacked right into my son, threw him to the ground wow. and he called me and he was all shook up. He said, Danny and I are leaving right now. And I could, I knew something was wrong. I said, he says, I'll tell you when I get home, but something just attacked me in the basement. And then Danny got on the phone because my son couldn't talk anymore. And he goes, he calls me Miss A. He goes, Miss A he said, you won't believe it. He said, he's all bruised. He said, this thing just came out of nowhere and just smacked right into him. I said, luckily he said he grabbed the railing to the banister. And I said, otherwise he would have been smacked down on, on the concrete. So, he got bruised up, came over, and then three days later on uh, January 3rd, um, I was, it was just another morning, I was getting dressed, and I took off my pajama top, and the next thing I know, I see these two big scratches, really, really long scratches on my stomach that actually drew blood. And I'm looking at this, I go, I didn't feel anything, but right. what the heck is this? I said, you like, because I just got out of bed, and, you know, and like, I, 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 and I'll tell you, I don't keep long nails. I have short nails because I'm a right. restoration artist. And uh -huh. my finger, I, I, I can never have nails because of right. all the chemicals I work with. But um, I took pictures, that the ones I, sh I showed you, uh, Marlene. Yes. And uh, I, um, I sent them to Bill Bean. And Bill immediately saw them. He goes, you know what? They're broken through this protective veil. And he said, they came after you again. And I said, yes, this is like, th this is like, this is on my stomach. And then I've had across my chest happened in 2010 when it was featured on that uh, the show, A Portal of Doom for a Haunting mm -hmm. TV show. That was our episode, um, showed me getting scratched in the shower. And in that case, I didn't feel it either, but I had where one time I was in the bathroom and felt something searing, like somebody cutting me inside out with a knife and oh. also got, got scratched. But I, but I don't have a picture of that, but I've gotten scratched on my face. I've gotten scratched on my arms and on my ankles. But this on my stomach, this thing was like such, so badly like welted that um, I was yeah. speechless. And I, it's like, wow. Like I don't even, I didn't do anything different with the routine. But my son said to me, well, weren't you moving things in the basement, you know, the day before right. you're trying to do some cleanup? I said, well, be as it may. I said, but they're not going to stop me from trying to clean up. This, I said, I got a lot of stuff in this basement. We still have to go and, and clear this out. That's why Bill Bean comes and blesses the basement because right. we had the pictures I, I sent you of that face that he caught in the basement, yes, which was real terrifying. Was. You know? And let me yeah. tell you something. And people don't understand that uh, that we talked about it, that I asked you, um, hey, is there like a triggering thing? Like, is there something that you noticed after all this time when either I do this or <clears throat> that there's something there that you say, I've realized that when this happens or I do this thing, then afterwards there's an uptick in activity. It, I think it's definitely when I'm trying to move things or I'm trying to. It, my, my son also says when I talk about the act, the, the my books and 
talking with other people ah, uh, about this, like I'm on interviews, because um, I I put up those pictures, like the ones I sent you. I right. put them up on recently on Facebook because I said, I guess it's time to show some people, you know, the strange things that Bill encountered. And right. it was a few days later, I was in a horrific car accident. <gasps> and, you know, I, so that was the end of June. Uh, thank God I walked out of it fine, but my car was totaled. Um, Bill, Bill, that's why the reason Bill came up. He knew um, I had been in the accident and he wanted to come up and see me. Um, my son kept saying, because you showed those pictures, I'm telling you, you shouldn't show those pictures. I said, well, I can't believe that. Otherwise, I would never want to live my life. But it just seems weird, you know, that I did that and then I'm in this um, a 10 year old car, never in an accident. And then I get hit yes. and, the, you know, this person just hits me and totals my car. But, um, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I have had where, I've had interference on my landline or the cell phone okay. when I am doing an interview and they'll inter there's a voices or they're just interfering or there's screams. Uh, it's just the strangest kind of stuff that you can imagine or get disconnected, which happened really? when we were on uh, Jason Bland show uh, a couple weeks ago. And I was on one of the shows and, and we got disconnected and he had to start up the whole thing again. He said, that doesn't usually happen. I go, no, because you got to, you have me on yeah, the show. Like, yeah, uh -huh. yeah, that's why. No, let me tell you something. I, I call that paranormal sabotage, believe it or not. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. I, I, yep. I, people don't realize that, that that can happen. All right. That that well, can happen. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, I, you know, I had to make a big choice before I wrote my first book that I had all this information and I had to make a serious decision, like, do I put myself out there and present this? And it was like something kept saying, you know, you need to do this because if it helps one person that are in a similar situation. Now, I'm sure maybe uh, I hope people don't get into a situation where you become an executive and then you're handling somebody's whole life right. in front of you. Yeah. And and, you know, the circumstances were, were, you know, I was the only one to do this because his family was out of the picture. Sure. But. It's something that, you know, I, I, I had somebody, I said, be sure you really know what you're getting yourself into because it's not glamorous. You work really, really hard for a little bit of the return that you get. You know, um, my friend, he stipulated something in the will that, you know, it, 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 he did gift me something, which I really appreciate because, I mean, nobody, I would never do that again to put 40, 40 hours a week into just cleaning right. out a house for 10 months. But, um, but what I think is gratifying, Marlene, is that, People do contact me. I, I write a blog that has over 200,000 views, and it's mm -hmm. all on up-to-date things that are happening, uh, things that have happened before with pictures. Um, hey, I'm showing. The, I'm showing the pictures of the of the ones that, like, when Bill Bean was there and the faces. Oh, yes. For the people mm -hmm. that are going to see the video, uh, so that they could see that, that. Let me tell you something. That face is pretty uh, intense. There. Okay. That's that's pretty yeah, scary. Yeah. Yeah. There's. There's, there's one where it, it looks like a face with like a screaming, his mouth is open, that yeah, was scary, yes. and then that's one of the, yes. the face. I mean, the first thing that Bill said, said, you know, he said, that thing looks, it looks alien. He said, it doesn't even look real. And, right. and I said, well, what was strange is I've come across um, an SS ring with a skull um, attachment on it, and I'll tell you, it could be a dead ringer for an SS really? officer's skull ring yeah i mean it, it it i mean i just happened to be looking through some uh things and i and, and it just i caught my eye i go wait a minute where have i seen that face before i said oh my gosh that almost looks like that face i mean uh, i mean to me it does you know, but bill thought you know it's got a ridge going down on the forehead it's, right. it has it almost looks like a a mask or it's 
it, you know, he just said, it doesn't look human, you know? And I said, well, no, I said, I, I agree. I said, and it was something that was following him in the basement. And my son, Chris took pictures. Cause he said, you know, Chris, I usually don't have people take pictures when I'm doing, uh, um, you know, my special blessing, but he felt compelled. He said, something's behind me, something. And we got those pictures. There was a snake kind of thing that was on the ground. I don't know if I sent you that picture, but there was like a snake, snake shadow that, he said something was slithering that he could feel it, but but Bill very very much is in believes in the reptilian type yes. of manifestation along with paranormal. And my son agrees with him because he himself has seen a reptilian being, and that's what he's gonna he's writing some of this in his in his current book. He it's hard for him writing because he said he's reliving so many things and it's very okay. difficult. Yeah. Whereas for me, I, it comes a little bit easier for me, but. But he intends on, you know, like he, he's getting this, he's got about five, six chapters written, but he wants to complete this so people will know from his perspective what sure. it is when you're a person who doesn't believe, you know, you, you, you're going in to help your mother, but then you come out right. almost as a psychic medium and right. he has dead people come to him when he sleeps at night. So it's like, right. know, yeah, well, and, 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 and this is the thing that people don't realize you went into this, first of all, because he named you unexpectedly that you didn't know about like by the way and here you're thinking okay well let me help out my friend who's passed away and then you mm -hmm. open his house and you're like oh my god and then yeah it's like exactly. step off the side of a precipice you know like huh yes 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 that that's exact in fact i even wrote that it's it's something that do you just close the door and walk away but how am i going to be able to there was a seven page detailed will with so many items that had to go to people. Like I found right. every single item, but I went through, there would be a stack of papers four feet high. I went through every right. single paper, like so conscientiously because I found the title for this particular thing. And, oh, here's the painting that has to go to this person. Right. Okay. And knowing him for 30 years, I remember when he bought some of the things where okay. he'd tell me and I would play back in my mind, like, okay, this is what this is. And that has to go to this person. And, and I'll tell you, by the end, everybody got everything they were supposed to get. Every charitable organization and yeah, relief fund that he left money, we, we did it. So, I mean, it's, you know, I, I wanted to honor my friend. And, yes. but, but I tell you, <laughs> I, I wouldn't have, I don't know Well, if no, I no, it sounds like you, you know, you had very good intentions and you were a very good friend, but it was, a, let me ask yeah. you, Anita, did he ever towards the end, did he have, you know how sometimes people have like, they're almost clairvoyant about their death, especially when they're not supposed to die, when they're younger, in other words. Did he ever mm -hmm. did, did he ever tell you anything along those lines, like that that kind of like hinted that he thought that he was gonna pass away? Uh, yeah, yeah, and when I look back, he had said something to me, um, like, he, I think in a way, well, he never seemed to get his dad's approval. And even after his okay. father died, he still felt like he had approved things. And he, this was a brilliant man. He was, he was a, okay. a, a genius. And he said to me, he said, you know, I don't know if my life amounts to very much. And, um, and, and they, he said about, oh, um, when his mother passed away, he said, if something were to happen to me, he said, I would try to get in touch with you. I go, where's this coming wow, from? I said, right. so what are you talking about? I, and he said, and I said, he said, well, promise me, Anita. He said, you'll, you know, like, like you'll be receptive. I said, don't talk about this. This is morbid. And then I had to make a promise. Yeah. If I go before you, I'll get in touch with you, right. you know, kind of thing. But he was a deeply spiritual person. Um, 
he had even studied for the Lutheran ministry at one mm-hmm. point, but then his, the, the draw of anthropology and more of the freedom to understand right, our cultures, right, right, yeah. that's what really draw him in. But yeah, that was, but he's just said, oh, you know, like he didn't want to make much. And I didn't understand until then. I mean, he was cremated and his ashes were uh, spread out on a mountaintop in out west. Mm-hmm. Um, I was supposed to go, but at the time my mother and dad were very sick. And okay. it was January, so the lawyer happened to be going out to Aspen, Colorado. Okay. And I said, you know what, would you take his ashes and spread them out when you go to Aspen? Which he did, and he sent me pictures. He said a rainbow happened to open up just when they were scattering his ashes out west. And um, I just said to him, I said, well, th- this would honor what he would want me to do. But um, but it's almost like he said... Well, like, no, I no, the reason I why I ask is... You know what that mm-hmm. that that detail that he put into like that thought that you told me how he had this going to this person most a lot of people especially when they die mm-hmm. unexpectedly they they haven't gone into they some of them don't even have a will much less mm-hmm. you know have all these uh, instructions oh, yeah. so it, that's why I asked I wonder if he like kind of knew at some point uh, well he 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 told me he was getting things in order well he got things together with a lawyer um he was going to germany and he first sent me the information said i want you to have this information if something happened to me it was his lawyer contact numbers um just in case something happened to him overseas and i said oh well you know everything's gonna be fine he says but no i'm gonna drop off the envelope and you keep that for emergencies um got back he got back but he died um with only let me see within a year and a half after that um when he when i got the call from the hospital that he was there they didn't tell me he was already dead i I found out when i got there but um i i thought oh my gosh where's that envelope and i had it right in the drawer in red said you know for emergencies with his name on it and there was the lawyer that i could contact and so he made preparation he told me he had his will made out um because he was saying that he was just he was just saying do you like this i go yeah well i like you know the native american stuff I yeah. didn't know that he was making sure that it, they put that in the will for me. You know, right, right, yeah, he, yeah. He had a reason behind asking <laughs> yeah, if he liked it. I, I think he did. I think he 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 was well. He had been ill when he came back from South America, um, and he wasn't able to go back to Guatemala. Um, that okay. was upsetting for him because he had had he had been really ill for a while. Um, and, okay. But then then he was in the best shape of his life. That's just so ironic. He was in really good shape. When he passed away of the heart attack suddenly and um you know that's what makes it so crazy but we don't know if maybe the stuff that he had in his house uh it was put to me by one of the psychic investigators said you know it could it possibly be that what he collected could have this led to something where maybe it was dangerous and he wasn't supposed to have this or or maybe it was a layered thing anita it was him Mm -hmm. and other stuff and Maybe he did have that in some of his artifacts, but maybe because he didn't spend so much time at his house, he ne- and never really, mm-hmm. and to the mm-hmm. point that he would comment, but yeah, maybe he had some some object there that has some, and I want to say had a, some type of dark attachment or curse on it. Mm-hmm. And of course he brought it because he thought it was beautiful, mm-hmm. you know, or, you know, anthrop- from an anthropologist's point, it had, you know, significance, never mm-hmm. thinking, you know, what came with it and it's almost like what was going on was a layered kind of thing going on because you told me even then later on some some other things attached to his family well in other words he was the most benign of that could have been causing any of this activity um yes yes mm-hmm. and it, 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 it was it was his 
collecting and it's almost like he um it, it, all these other things were brought out by his death like it kind of opened yes. up other things that were kept i mean very secret family very, very there was a lot of secrets and right um and i didn't and i, I knew them the people i would never pry because you know if people want to tell you something they'll tell you sure, you know I, I never like to pry into people's business but um but you know things came out i i knew some things um i also talked to his neighbor uh that lived right in back of him and he'd go there for tea and okay. then she called me after he passed away and we spoke um another friend uh who had sent a message to him and didn't know he passed it was forwarded to me so then i wrote back to her and said i hate to give you the bad news here's i wrote his obituary i wrote uh, the his memorial thing and i sent her copies and then she called me from maryland and said how um how sorry but thank you for sending all this and you know i have your number right. to call and she's the one who actually volunteered because i said well you know he's very proud of his family you know he had a bearing um his great uncle was a baron in germany um okay. in fact his cast the castle was at one time a russian museum uh, wow. when the berlin wall went out went up and then then when that was taken down it's I, I think it's still a museum but um his mother used to tell me stories that she'd go visit this uncle in the summer and go down into the dungeons you know they kids wow. would explore yeah, it was like a castle now, with the dungeon yeah, a real so, castle. So, yeah and she was an only child i mean she came from an aristocratic background and mm -hmm. and he used to carry himself very aristocratically um he has a suit that i I have put away, but look something right out from Christopher Plummer from Sound of Music. It's the same kind nice. of um, velvet lapels and the suit that you would wear that you're only allowed to wear if you've gotten, uh, I guess, family connections. Well, you people know, that don't realize that, that that you mentioned that Von Trapp family from the Sound of Music, which is a real story mm -hmm, that he mm -hmm. was, that family itself had, was a, a, a very, uh, no, it was a noble family, you know. Yeah, yeah, I think he identified because his mother, you know, coming here, you know, um, his father, and then uh, he would he was connected with, you know, Maria von Trapp. Um, mm -hmm. In fact, I have letters that she wrote to him. Wow. I have her letters, and that uh, he he left me all that. Um, and also, uh, you know, she, he he knew he he got to know Julie Andrews only because of the connection from Maria von Trapp. You know, he right. met her several times. Um, he was a big movie buff. You know, he loved the older movies, and and you know, but he was. He was just a unique person, you know. He's he was living in this country, but I said, you know, you're you're kind of out of place. You should be living in Europe, you know. Yeah. With the, but the they really have that, really you know, old stuff over there. Yeah, you know that he that he loved, you know, he loved the old country, you know, and being back there. But uh, but the, you know, but this is where he taught, you know, and he he yeah. loved uh, whatever he was able to share with people, and, and people used to love. He used to lecture to different groups about you know different histories. You know, he did like forty different lectures on 40 different subjects if you I mean wow. that's how smart he was that he knew all these different things and I and I would if I could I attended the lectures when I had the chance um but that, that's why I said he left me all these things that he used to use in his lectures and it's like I just gained a museum but this is like a yeah. museum that he just left me I think here. I think though that it's really funny when when he later on you realize that he's asking you if you like certain pieces because he was making a mental yeah. note uh leave okay. this to Anita <laughs> Yeah. I, oh, okay. Anything else I didn't put in the will? This goes to Anita. And my son said, "That's about just about everything else." I said, "Yeah." Wow. It's like all the other stuff, all those boxes of stuff go to me. Where am I going to put them? Let me like, tell you something. It, yeah. It's, it, and, and I mean, I'm telling you, Anita, it was like it sounds like something like here you had all this stuff going on, but then it was like you said the physical, 
like, okay, now I've got physically, it must have been so a draining. And mm, then I yeah. imagine at some point when you start realizing, man, every time we go there, stuff is getting thrown around. That must, you must have, didn't okay. you get to a point that you were like, do I really want to go over there? It's like, uh, yeah, well, it, it, well, there were some times where, you know, it would get to be so, and I would be so annoyed. I say, cut it out. Will you, can I get some things done? It's like, I know you think this is funny, you know, throwing yeah. things over my head or taking a book and hitting it against the ceiling and bouncing back down like, like a rubber ball almost, or, or right. seeing a glove floating like a bird. I actually saw a black glove. I called my son. I said, you won't believe, look, look at this. And the glove is just like, Woo, sailing through the air. It's like it wasn't thrown. It's just like slowly flittering. And, and I go, that's a black glove. What, what is it doing floating in the air like Let that? Let me tell you it's something. Like, that you know, is... To me, it was like a house, like a fun house. It's like, what is the crazy stuff going on over here? And if it wasn't where you had really serious things where, you know, you're getting threatened, yes. get out, have a voice telling you, get out of the house, or getting thrown to the ground, or, you yeah. know, getting this horrible odors and, and stuff like you're just so dirty and tired at the end of the right. day of like, just getting rid of somebody else's junk in their life. And yet I felt responsibility, you know, once I get rid of this, like nobody else. Yeah, is that's, that's what I was going to go. You were thinking, okay, once this is done, like, in other words, the yeah. light at the end of the tunnel for you was once I do the right thing by my friend, everything is yeah. done that he wanted and this house is, you know, sold or whatever, that's it. I'm yeah. out of here and it'll be over. And yeah, and, and it wasn't. No, let me, and, and, like, let me ask you, the, that second book, that's Dark Kranz, friends. This, that's what that book is about, right? What happened after yes, the Yes, everything that happened in my house um, up until about 2000. 16 um and then you know we're we're keeping track you know, we're, we've been um talking with bill bean we i helped bill bean last year um he was doing um a new book and um, i i did his book cover because i my my agent and i she has a small boutique publishing company and i do book covers for her clients and okay. but, I, but i keep busy with restoration helping my son at his it's five years that we have his store um i'm there several days a week i mean i'm trying in the meantime like i'll write some articles or things for other people mm -hmm. um and just you know be there try to also just get together with family once in a while but yeah. but it's, it's but you it, but it's, wait it's, but, but but you have to mention that you said something to me that things have also happened at the hobby shop right yes yes at my, my son's store yes uh -huh. so it's, it's like uh, who, who, who do you think it's you do you think it's your son who's the one that's attracting even because i know you um, mentioned something that he has some type of ability yes yeah he's he he believes that something uh, may be either attaching itself to him but mm -hmm. what we are trying to realize uh, there might have been something already there um wow. the store has been redone but the basement that we have our inventory it still has like 1960 tile on the floor and there was this little separate room that must have been an office but to tell you the truth, it was a bookie joint, I think, because there's a horse racing stats still on a blackboard that's You're been kidding. for all those years. Yeah, it was all because uh, when we what? had we had the man come to do the Comcast, he had to check the line. He uh -huh. goes, "How many phone lines are down here?" I go, "I don't know." I said, "What is this?" He goes, "This was a bookie joint." I said, he said I think, think about it. Why else would any? Why else would there be stats, horse race stats? Yeah, yeah, what? with I mean, the board, right? <laughs> 
that, so, that. so that's like kind of off the side that we just use that for storage, that little room. But when Bill Bean saw it, he goes, okay. you know, there's like a, there's like, sh well, a shadow guy was seen in the corner. He goes, there's something down here, Anita. He said, the other uh, people from the other stores, we're, we're in a strip of like four or five stores. And I said, you know, Bill, that's interesting. I'll have to find out. Well, we did find out. Uh, next door is a pizza place. Okay. They're only open a few days a week because they're a satellite and they have a main main uh, business further okay. down. Uh, our, our, we have Baltimore Pike. We're in Springfield, um, in Springfield, PA. Um, but the hoagie shop, Primo's Hoagies, the one fellow came in one day and he saw that I have some of my books for sale. He says, are you the lady that knows about ghosts? I said, why? I said, what, what did you want to ask me Wasn't about? that, this you guy. must have been like, oh. I said, uh, why, what's, what's wrong? He goes, well, he said, we had something really strange go down in our basement. He said, we have, um, the basement has our port, it's not portal, I shouldn't say a portal, but it's his, they have their, um, the computer and like a station down there when they do the end of the day with the inventory. He said one of our managers won't go down there anymore. She won't go down to the basement. He said she went down, was at the computer, and the computer mouse and the little arrow was moving all around by itself. <laughs> so she comes up and she says, I'm not going down that basement anymore. And the fellow said he went home one night and had these weirdly strange things happen. Like he said, Something fell off the top of my refrigerator. He said, could I have brought something home? I said, possibly. I said, if you were down the basement and you've never had that happen before, I yeah. said, this is interesting. And he said, well, what about the lady at the pizza place? I said, well, let me tell you, she's been here 21 years. She won't go down the basement. She told me she'll never go down the what basement. What does that tell I said, you? What is it about these basements yes. and these stores? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I think bill's on the right track there, sure it might is. be where there was already something might have been there but then with my son's ability and then yes. what we it was maybe through, dormant I, I yeah i mean i think you know because sometimes you get stressed out with business it's mother yeah. and son we have our differences a different way of maybe doing something and i'll get upset um then something will happen where something gets thrown or something gets fallen and he'll say, okay, what did you bring with you this time? I go, don't go looking at me. I said, look, I don't yeah. know what's here or something is yeah. using my energy. Sure. I said, I said, there, I said, you saw, I said, we had one of our friends here at the counter and she sees something from the one wall taken off and thrown against the other side of the wall. Or you'll see, you know, other, uh, or you opened up the closet and all the stuff came tumbling out that shouldn't have because it's all packed in there the right way. But how, how is it that you open exactly. the closet and all the stuff just came out on you? So it, it's, Let it's me tell weird you something. things. I, I mean, I, I, I'm so amazed because it takes so much kinetic energy to do that, Anita, to move. Oh, I, I know. That's it's, incredible. It's, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're not a McCafe K-Cup pods are bringing two tempting tastes right to your coffee cup only at Walmart. Classic French toast brings the best of breakfast to every sip with the comforting flavors of sweet maple syrup, buttery toast, and a dash of cinnamon. Baked apple pie honors the classic cafe dessert with the taste of crisp apple, buttery pie crust, and sweet cinnamon flavors. Brew them up with the new Keurig K-Express Essentials Brewer. Whatever flavor you choose, you can't lose. So try them both. McCafe, available at Walmart. We did it again. Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by Root Metrics for the 16th time in a row, proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one best network Verizon. 
Best and most reliable based on root metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined. Not specific to 5G networks. Afraid to show like themselves in front of other people. Um, uh, it's, you know, like, well, like uh, it's, it's like almost too much. You can remember. I mean, we have things that go up in our attic, in our house here. Um, the attic we had, we were painting and then, um, we were doing the black and white trim and my son's painting and he turns around and there's a handprint in paint that was just plastered on the freshly white painted door. And he goes, all right, who just what? did that? I go, a handprint? Are you looking at, yeah, whole handprint in black paint because the black and white paint were open. And at first near the railing, this was in June because it's in my second book, All What Happened in June 2010. That was a really active month between these deceased people coming to my son which led us to different ways of investigating. If we didn't have these names, we might not be able to make connections the way we did, but they came to my son. But then we were up in the attic and I'm, I'm painting a railing and I had one of the starter sticks in the paint. And my son said to me, boy, mom, you really got sloppy. I said, what are you talking about? I said, I, I said, there's the, uh, th there's the, uh, drape over here. No. He said, look at the thing. Did you splatter the paint all over the railing? I said, now, why would I pick up the stirrer stick, which has paint on it, and start sm slapping it all over and dripping on the railing? I said, I didn't do that. And then that's when he turns around and sees someone, they put their hand in the black paint and put it right up against the white. He had just painted the white panel on, on the garage door. It was, we have an attic that looks like uh, an old barn kind of crisscross door. Uh -huh. And then there was writing that to what we could think, and Bill thought it said L-A-G-R. Legos, L-A-G-O-S, and that means Lord, I think, in, uh -huh. so we didn't know if somebody was asking for help, that right, had the handprint right. Legos on there, um, but the handprints continue, like, we have handprints always on my downstairs bathroom mirror, and they, they'll start on one spot, and you see them going all the way up to the top, I've had fingerprints on my mirror on the upstairs bathroom, up where you can't reach, really, without a little ladder, because I have a really tall mirror um it's like they leave fingerprints handprints marks on our cars that you see a full handprint on the glass that's from the inside that it's that nobody's been in the back of the car um yeah some really strange things i'm telling you i'm uh, anyway anita i want to thank you so much for catching me up catching us all up on the store because let me tell you that that's fascinating and it's like like i said you know no good deed goes unpunished i want to say <laughs> I don't mean, but well, well, I, I appreciate so much that you know that no, listening ear and on the contrary, it's fascinating. It's fascinating, and let me tell you something. You, you I, the one thing I want to say is you know how to take things in stride. Let me tell you, you really do. <laughs> <laughs> My hats off to you. Whoa. Well, well, I. What is, it's a strong support system. Yes. Family, friends. My son is a rock. He's in my rock, and a deep faith that you know what you know you, you got to believe in the good and yes, i and course. bill bina said you know you're you're a challenge because you have a strong faith you believe in positive and you're not going to let anything get you down he said that's why you're a challenge so yes, that's why absolutely. they will attempt to scratch you they're trying to get you yes. depressed or like oh poor me i go no right, they, they don't right, know who right. they're dealing yeah, with pity you want to scratch me um it'll heal up but uh you know what we'll just have to get bill bean in here and 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 you know, exercise you guys yeah. again. Get like, you get, be careful because I'm gonna call a bill, and they'll be like, "Oh." I'm gonna call. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I'll tell you, he gets here, and he really gets passed. I bet.
them off. And, uh, and, and we, we're lucky. He's in our corner. We're very, very grateful to have someone like that um, who who is, you know, there for us and that we can call on for spiritual guidance. Uh, yes. Not to say that there wouldn't be anybody else, uh, but oh, I, I haven't know. found I um, some of the traditional ministers that people did not want to help us out when I no. asked for help. So no. Bill was the I, one I, that I came. And uh, I believe it. Yeah, it's like, you know, it, they don't want to, they don't, people don't want to know some of the strange stuff that this can happen. So, it, yeah, you know, I know. It, I know so you just, you, 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 yeah, Absolutely. you just uh, try to, you try to see who will be receptive. You got to. Yes, exactly. It's not like be, be very condescending <laughs> or dismiss it as your imagination or like, oh, yeah, it's that. And I understand perfectly what you're saying. Somebody that not only believes you, but understands the subject matter and doesn't want to write it mm -hmm. off to wild imagination or, you know, or, mm -hmm. you know, you, you've lost, you know, you, uh, you're just, you know, reading uh, into something that's natural. That wasn't it. Like, no, I know exactly what you mean. And you know what? And my theory on that, Anita, is that contrary to what it appears that they don't believe it, they do believe it. They're just scared to tangle with it. Uh, you you're hit the nail right on the head. It's, it challenges a belief system that yes. they don't want to go there. Because exactly. They, it's they not they don't believe it. They believe it. They believe it. As a matter of fact, probably. Yeah. But then if they believe it and you say, oh, are you going to help me? What are you going to do for me? They're like, uh, they don't, they don't want to go there. They, they, they that's, mm. that's like, okay, no. And then, of course, then that's why you, lucky enough, you, you've got Bill Bean that he's, uh, you know, he's, uh, he's in your corner. And, and people that are facing, like, uh, well, I wrote the book too, Marlene, uh, both books. Um, if they are, people say to me, no, what can I do? I say, look, if you have someone you could talk to, I said, I'm not talking about going to a psychiatrist or right. I said, and don't believe it's all in your head. If you truly believe in your heart, you're experiencing something mm -hmm. that is unexplainable. Go, go to a minister or go to a good friend and see, or go even on Bill Bean's website because yes. he can guide you. There's other, maybe people in your area. Um, you have to, you have to be really careful who you trust. Yes. You just can't ask anybody who calls himself, you know, an investigator to come in your home because you must get somebody that you can trust. Like the way I did with, um, with Laurie, with her group. Right. Um, you know, that's why I only have certain people that are in our circle that we trust and we're working with because we don't want it getting out of hand, you Absolutely, know, because I've yes. had people say, can I come and film? Can I come? I said, you know no. what? I appreciate that, but I'm not going to have people here because after no. you leave, you're going to be uh, promoting things and getting things out of hand. I have to live no. with the consequences yes. after you uh, provoke all this stuff because you need to get yes. something on camera. Absolutely. I said, we had people. We had people with a camera came in um, and, and it was Laurie's team. So he was very understanding. Literally, he was filming up our going up to our bedroom. Uh, the steps go upstairs. The camera was fried. He went to go check the camera. The camera was completely destroyed because the entity did not want it to be filmed. Yes. And it was an expensive camera. The camera right, was right. That's what I'm saying. No, no, let me tell you something. I wish more people it's, were as cautious, especially when they have something legitimately going on like that. Mm -hmm. that they really do take the precautions uh, that oh, you're you talking about that. as far as, um, you know, because people don't realize, and, and I've heard of people having groups in, and then instead of making it better, it's so much worse because they, oh, oh yeah, they, yeah. people <laughs> intentionally or unintentionally do say things just to maybe get that mm -hmm. aha capture on EVP. Yeah, and yeah, then they, they, they want to, yeah. They, they pack they up really their bags and they leave. And you, yeah. the homeowner, are like, oh mm -hmm. my God. 
you're suffering the aftermath yes. of all that. And also, you know, people, if they do believe, oh, is something in my head, one thing also that we are in total agreement, like Bill said, the, that people that go for the alcohol and drugs to kind of dampen maybe the experience yes. or feel like, um, I can't deal with this. Nobody should be alone if you feel like you're threatened or your family's threatened because yes. there is help out there. Whether you trust the people, at least you can put it out there, ask for help because there are organizations that are legitimate. They are interested in finding yes. out like what is going on because it's interesting to them to see, oh, well, we didn't know if this area was active, but apparently the history behind it, look, there's something now that these people um, are contending with, you know, that, right. but I do tell people like, don't get into the drugs and alcohol effect because all it does, it makes it worse. And yes. that's what the negative entities, when they prey on you and, and do attack you, and then you feel yes. like, well, I'm all alone and this is what I need to yeah. protect I myself. Isolation. isolation. Yeah, isolation and, and dividing you from other people. And, yes. and then by making yourself vulnerable with, you know, other addiction stuff sure. then you are even going further down the rabbit hole that you you know then you are gonna, you're going to be uh, exactly what they they have you right in the palm of their oh, hand yes. the way they want you yes. and and i I'm, i don't know i just it's i guess it's just within myself it's like i i guess all these years looking back i think i always knew there was i had a gift um i didn't really talk about it right. and i know my son does but it's something that you live with i'm an artist so you tend to be right sensitive to sure. things um and things that you know intuitively that i depend on intuition mm -hmm. and it never yes. really steers and it's wrong. like second nature to you as far as yes, that, second, that you don't yeah. do it sometimes unconsciously uh just like mm -hmm. you use your other senses and i know exactly what you mean about that right right and 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 you've been on the front lines too marlene i mean because you um you know with, with you doing hosting the shows running into different people and things you know you could tell you know what is in a, if they're in a bad place or if they're in a good place you know because and how they are confronting or actually dealing with a particular haunted situation like you can almost with all the, the the interactions you have you can almost see if somebody isn't going to maybe make it or maybe not Anita, I've been doing investigations, paranormal investigations, before they were using the word paranormal investigation since mm -hmm. the 1990s. This is like before the, the right. paranormal, you know, the reality TV. And, and there, mm -hmm. that dynamic that you're talking about, you could see it, you know, when you went to certain cases. Uh, because back then, just like now, and I said, you know, this is this is once upon a time when you had to actually pay to develop film. People say, yeah, what? Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah there was yeah. once upon a time that that... Um, well, you saw that dynamic, you know, where um, if there was really a legitimate supernatural agent in, you know, where there was, uh, and especially if it was, you know, had a dark side to it, you could see mm. where there was the, uh, the attempt of isolation, uh, mm. division between the family members, if there was more than one person, um, the thing of maybe increased alcohol or drug use, you know, depending, even sometimes mm -hmm. prescription drugs. I mean, it didn't have to be like, mm -hmm. you know, you're going to the corner and and uh, buying, you know, illegal drugs. Sometimes it was even just overdoing prescription drugs even mm -hmm. back then right. because sometimes right. people were trying to cope with situations. Uh, uh, it was a dynamic and, and you saw it mm -hmm. and you could almost like after a while you realize this thing is trying to steer this, the, the target person, because there's usually a target mm -hmm. person. Even though mm -hmm. everybody might get affected, there's usually a target person in there. That either they, they have some type of vulnerability in their psyche, right, right. Uh, something. Mm -hmm. 
And you could tell that they, and, it, and sometimes they, they take their time about it, by the way. It's not like you see in the movies, like 72 hours later, you know, they kind of want to steer that person into a hopelessness, isolation, mm-hmm. uh, feeling mm-hmm. that nobody's going to pay attention to them or believe them. Uh, even to the point where, uh, they, you know, one, one, let's say if it's a marriage or, you know, two adults where they even start suspecting each other, you know, like not understanding about what's mm-hmm. going on like in other words one person gets bombarded with all this phenomena and then the other person nothing happens to them so when the one yeah. person uh-huh. starts saying oh this happened and that happened and did you see and the other person's like what are you talking about you know it's almost like they want to divide and conquer kind of thing and it's always right, towards right. the end being that person being shut out or feeling like they're being shut out and then mm-hmm. of course everything that comes with it which is, you know, um, they, they, they stop going out, they, they distract themselves with substances, they pull away mm-hmm. either from their kids if they have children or from other family members. Um, they start anticipating, you know, almost like, for lack of a better word, they almost get a little bit paranoid, like nobody's going to believe me, everybody's against me. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh-huh. And, and I mean, but, but that's like a process. It doesn't happen from one day to the next. It's very subtle. And yeah, um, yeah, yeah, that, people that don't realize how exactly. long of an extended period that can happen across. It's only sometimes mm-hmm. when people look back that they'll yeah, say, what's yeah. the point of origin where this started happening in my life? And then they'll have, mm-hmm. like you said, they move to a certain place. Sometimes it's an, it's an, I mean, but, or, or, or I went mm-hmm. to this certain place, you get an attachment. And, but yeah, if people, I mean, and I know that people are used to see movies, but they don't realize that what they show in movies is done for dramatic effect. But um, the consequences of stuff like this, it's sometimes, and unfortunately, there's people that invite stuff like this, you know, they do stupid stuff, they dabble in stuff they shouldn't, and then, you know, they they kind of forget about it, like, oh, it was stupid, and I, you know, and I've had it, I said, you know what, sometimes when you put out that invitation, they don't take you up on it right away, sometimes it might be years later that they take you up on the invite, when you dabble into stuff that you shouldn't have, like, you know, stop, let people do that when they're teenagers or just, you know, and they never think You're twice right. about it. Um, but yeah, and I'm they, sure they Bill B has a million stories along those lines. I'm sure that he's come across mm-hmm. a lot of cases like that. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yes, uh, it, it, people don't realize that, uh, that, that, that isolation dynamic and helplessness and hopelessness that's ultimately the aim uh, if you've got some type of darkness in, involved in the entities that are swirling around you what i call spiritual turbulence um mm-hmm. in other mm-hmm. words this is not the old owner who maybe doesn't want to leave or you're or in this case like oh uh, you know uh yeah you know, i built this place as mine get out you know i'm not talking like i call a regular dead person or maybe like your friend or maybe like a grandpa that's different you know sometimes you get a you know like you want to say like okay be on your way but mm-hmm. it's almost like, like I said, some of the stuff that you describe is kind of benign, you know, stuff thrown at you. Like, yeah. Oh, all right. You know, okay. You're just trying to get my attention or whatever. But, but when it becomes darker, um, that no, that that's when you see it, which is, um, you see it going in a direction where it's trying to manipulate that person to hurt a person. Yeah. Not yeah. just scare yeah. them, not just scare them, hurt them on a psychic, mm-hmm. spiritual, emotional level. And that's, I think, when, uh, thankfully, if you, let's say, if you wouldn't have had, like, Bill Bean to come in and, and, um, and basically, like, push everybody back in their corner, then things could get really ugly. 
Uh, 100%, uh, Marlene, because, uh, you know, I, I've, I've said to Bill, I said, I was praying for some type of answer that, you know, what do I do here? Uh, but luckily, like by coming forward and putting out like these handprints that I did, I put it out on Facebook. And as I said, somebody who knew me saw it. And then she said, you know, have you ever heard of this gentleman and, mm -hmm. and put me in touch with him. So I said to Bill, it was meant to be because yes. I didn't want to sh uh, stay away from it. I wanted to show people what was happening in the house was something brand new, had never seen the fingerprints before. And, you know, and I was just basically putting it out there. Like, does anyone know what this could be? And then, you know, to see that he took the interest and then could pick up all these things when he came to the house. And, you know, then the rest is history. I mean, it's like over six years we've known him. And this has been the way that we are able to cope with, sure. you know, we, we take one day at a time. We try to live our lives, um, keeping these things on the peripheral. Yeah. Either sometimes they don't like it, you know, they, yes. they want attention. Yeah. But the thing is, you know, we have to live our life. Absolutely. I'm not going around with recording devices. No, <laughs> you know, like, and you're very smart not to. You're very not smart not to. I don't want to pick up the EVP. I no. mean, you know, sometimes you'll hear something audible. You yeah. know, what well, I mean, Bill, Bill was in the basement and we didn't have the recorder on, but my son, Chris, and I, uh, and I all heard this loud kind of growling moan, almost like an annoying moan coming from the fireplace. And Bill just looked at us and he wrote, did you just hear that? No. Oh yeah, Bill, we heard that. And I said, we didn't have he to. He was a bit like, man, I hope I'm not the only one yeah, that heard that. And, and, and he and he just like was astounded, you know, and he, he said that to several other people. He said, you just can't believe, you know, what was coming from there. But, but you know, he's heard things here. He's seen, he was at, he was at my parents' house. He was able to uh, get that place blessed. But, you know, things he's seen, things that have been connected. And, and he's told us, he says, I'm going to be right up front with you. Uh, it could be a one and done like I've done with other people. But I right. said, unfortunately, with you guys, with you, yeah. it's not one and done. It could yeah. go on for years, Anita, yeah. because he said, I chased them away. They're gone for a while, but then something else comes about. Yes, that's what I was going to say. It's, a, it's, it's not the same yeah, thing. Yeah, portals open. You know, yeah. it might be somebody. I mean, it's almost like a train station. You yes. know, somebody yes. else leaves. And we got other people coming in yes. because he said it's not it's not for that you want it, but you and Chris yeah. together with your natural yeah. abilities, you know, you're drawing things to you, whether it's good or bad. He said, that's I'm here to get rid of the baddies, you know, make yes. sure nothing bad happens to yeah. you. So, yeah, something always so we're comes grateful. Through. Yeah. All right, Anita, oh, thank boy. you so much, darling. It has been wonderful to speak to you. But, uh, and I want to wish you the best of luck on all your projects. Oh, thank you so much, Marlene. We, we, we've got uh, right now uh, my agent. We're working on a project, looking uh, for maybe uh, something with a movie project that oh, we're going to have to say. Well, yeah, talk, so. you know what? If you could ask your son if you guys want to come back, both back on, do you think he would be oh, open yeah. to that suggestion? I would love to have him oh, on. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he, he's been on. He, yeah, he has a really unique uh, point of view because of what he deals with at the store. And uh, it would be something, you know, different to talk about because, you know, he, he you know, he's in a different he's a younger person but yet mm -hmm. you know he's experienced a lot of things yeah. i have but yet he's got his own experiences too so I, I'll, I'll definitely let him know that marlene let, let us know what when you want us on your show absolutely <laughs> i will be in touch with you take care darling all right thank you so much and you and thank you for having me on your show you're wonderful bye-bye <laughs> bye hunt wow let me tell you something that's 10 years folks 10 years 
And the reason why I say that is that, you know, there's there's people out there that when they see these shows, they're like, man, that's so neat, you know, like to have a real haunting, to experience a real haunting. Or if you hear, you know, her stuff like about, you know, stuff floating around the air, stuff being thrown, people that have never had an experience are thinking, man, I wish I could have an experience like that so that I could like, be a believer. Like that, that, that I, let me tell you something. If you notice something about what Anita was saying was, yeah, of course she went into this. She kind of like, it kind of fell in her lap. Because, you know, even though she's saying, oh, you know what? <clears throat> Looking back, I realized that I had some type of sensitivity or psychic ability or intuition, which I was, it was very, intru it was not, it doesn't sound like it was intrusive. In other words, this, whatever she had going on within herself was just basically a sixth sense intuition kind of deal. But it wasn't like, hey, things are flying around in my house. My dogs are here having a moment. Shut up. These are my three puppies, of course. Come here, Dot. Let me see. Come here. I don't know if the, the guys that's, that if you any of you looked at the video, um, you're able to see her in the background. Let me see. Let me see if I can pick up one of them. Cause they, they they'll, they'll they'll lie under my chair and then they'll be real quiet and then like puppies. Here's one of them for you guys. This right here. This is Onyx. Yeah. Yeah, my girl okay let me put you down i know you guys on the podcast can't see it but anyway in case you hear this weird noise that's them playing around but anyway um what i was gonna say is but then once she goes and she does her good deed you know that her friend asked her to, to take care of everything changed and my point being that once she thought she was that's i'm off the hook I, I did everything. I got everything where he wanted to go. Uh, the charities, uh, you know, friends, uh, all this uh, thing going on. Houses sold. And within two months, now she realizes that it's at her house. She starts experiencing things at her house. And here we are 10 years later because this happened. Her, her friend passed away in 2009. That's when she started with doing, you know, the, the thing with his estate. Ten years later, she's still experiencing things. And, of course, she's lucky that she's got Bill Bean that goes in there. And Yes, you know, I absolutely agree that there is a component here that probably her and her son do have psychic abilities or mediumistic abilities where um, discarnates think that, you know, that they can communicate through them. So, in other words, they attract what I call the free floaters, you know, hoping to. But... At the same time, some of this uh, stuff that's going on has a very dark aspect. And and, uh, and I don't know, for those of you that, that see the video, that you can see that I flashed some pictures that uh, that they took of the, one of the last times that Bill Bean was at her house uh, of, the, um, of the basement where the reflection caught some really alarming-looking faces. Okay, in other words, this wasn't just... Okay, it, I think it would be scary enough if you caught a face... But if you look at this, it's like she says, it looks almost skeletal, you know. And um, I mean, there's a lot of there's you know, and of course, if you really want to get the full picture, your best bet is to read Anita's books because, of course, she puts a lot more detail as far as the first and the second book about what happened in the first part, and then the Dark Transference, which is a sequel, which is what happens to her afterwards in her house. My point being that sometimes people, you know that saying, be careful what you wish for? Because sometimes when you engage in this, or it happens to you, there's no off switch. There's no point that you can say, okay, I've had enough of this. I don't want to do this anymore. I want off the ride. And it doesn't. Sometimes for various reasons. And like she said, she might have even had stuff that was dormant or nice or like, hey, everything was, everything was gelling in her house. You know, whoever was there, 
was it was nice and nothing was going on in her house that in any way frightened her or made her feel uneasy much less uh things were being and then everything changed and by the way i wasn't kidding it takes so much kinetic force to levitate to throw things continuously not like once okay that takes a lot of energy and um, one of the times this was I want to say it was back in 2017 I interviewed uh, an author and a paranormal researcher by the name of Kyle Cobb K-Y-L-C-O-B-B he's written various books and he, he proposed that whenever he would go into investigations and he would have phenomena of like this where really heavy objects were being thrown or moved he says that to him this was his first indicator that there was a very dark um, agent or very dark spirit involved in the haunting this didn't say that maybe there weren't human spirits there or benign ones or confused ones but in his experience whenever he saw something that required so much force to move or throw god think about it uh that that was his he learned after a while okay what i'm dealing with here is very dark because of the how much force it requires uh his theory was that regular human uh entities did not could not produce that much kinetic energy to produce that especially on a continuous basis again and then you see these pictures of these faces being caught in the reflection even when bill bean is there okay which is they're they're kind of terrifying because it's like um in other words that that, that he's it, it takes a bill bean to put him back in their place and by the way and i've said this before when she mentioned oh you know what uh i've gone i had gone to regular other clergy hoping that um they were going to uh you know come in and help me and they didn't and, and i was there i've spoken about this before it's not that they don't believe they do believe they really believe but they just don't want to tangle with it they don't want to do what bill bean does which is go in there and confront it and do a blessing they don't so what's the next because what are they going to tell you yes i believe you i do believe you but i'm going to leave you out i'm going to hang you out to dry because i'm not going to your house and bless it much to confront or or, or throw whatever it is out so my next next best option to save face with you as, as a as a spiritual religious person is just to tell you oh you know or like patronize you okay or you know like make you think that i don't really believe in it and i'll listen to you but i don't and that would be my way of squeezing out of going in there and confronting whatever it is they do believe they really do believe contrary to what they may uh, give off as in uh, oh disbelief or you're imagine you've got an overactive imagination or you know regular stuff and you know it's like okay you know like in other words i deal with spiritual religious and what you've got going on is an overactive imagination or maybe bad uh plumbing now they know perfectly well a lot of times after like i said after a while when you work with people you know you you got a feel for what's going on with them are they being re are they being truthful are they not being truthful uh do they have mental illness or something's coming on maybe sometimes when people are older do they have problems with substance you, you get a feel for it you do because that's like everything that you do a lot of after a while practice makes perfect so when somebody comes to you and you're talking to them and you might have even dealt with them before and they're describing stuff and you already know this person's telling me the truth 
this person's describing something that's for real. And I don't want to tell them, but it's scaring the mm out of me because how do I tell them that I'm supposed to be a religious person whose belief in whatever your religion is, whether it's Christianity or Judaism or Buddhist or whatever, I don't care, is that I'm thinking I know how to handle this and I, and I can't tell them that because I'm thinking that whatever is there scares me because it's more powerful than my own beliefs. Enough so that I don't feel that what I believe in, whatever deity I believe in, whatever, cannot protect me. Do you think they really want to go into that discussion with you? Because what happens to their credibility? You look at them and you go, really? What are you doing pretending to be a leader of, even if it's, let's say, a church or a temple or whatever? Like, I, I have more faith in you because here I am looking for help. Yeah. I mean, stuff like that. And don't get me wrong. I can see where if you are a, a, a minister or, like I said, any religion, any religious uh, you know, leader, you lead people, you know, they come to Wait, you're a human being, of course, you, you know, you're going to have some trepidation, like, man, I but you would think that you would have enough faith in your belief system to help, number one, somebody that comes to you, okay, and number two, know that your beliefs will be enough to protect you, that God will protect you, and, and then it's like, okay, so I mean, it, it opens up Pandora's box as far as belief systems and uh, how powerful evil is. And, uh, I mean, it's a very deep, dark rabbit hole that goes into. But anyway, guys, I hope you like the show. I know I love uh, speaking with Anita. I'm hoping, of course, to have her come back with her son. I would love to hear his perspective on a lot of this stuff. Because, again, here he was just his uh, son helping his mom out. And uh, I'm sure he, he saw, he's seen and witnessed a lot of things that, Wow. And again, I've got a lot of fantastic guests coming on. Don't forget to subscribe to uh, any of the places that you find a show at. So you make sure to find out when I release a new show. Okay, guys. So it has been wonderful. Thank you so much for coming back and spending this time with me. Take care. We did it again. Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by Root Metrics for the 16th time in a row. Proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one best network. Verizon. Best and most reliable based on root metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined. Not specific to 5G networks. We did it again. Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by Root Metrics for the 16th time in a row, proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one best network. Verizon. Best and most reliable based on Root Metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined, not specific to 5G networks.